All right, um, this morning I will be speaking on the subject alone with God, uh, the benefits of spending time away from people and alone with God. The other title you can give to it, and you only understand this title if you are an old timer, is Back to Bethel, okay? I was a trademark message in the SUDs. Back to Bethel. All right. And when I say back to Bethel, you'll be weeping, coming to the, but you won't do that. But, but um, along with God, yeah. Now, I'm going to build it step on, um, on line upon line precept to show something. So I want to start by saying that um, the basis of a fast. Now, as a church, we're on a 21 day fast. And first, I want to show there is a powerful connection between the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the demonstrative aspect of his presence. In other words, him showing forth his power in and through you. And fasting. Uh, fasting and the ministry of the Holy Spirit directly connected in a scripture. Now, one major reason why people don't um, fast, particularly in this modern era, is that people say that since the work has been finished by Jesus, and we are depending on the finished work of Jesus, that fasting is like doing your own works uh, to try to please God. But we are just believing and receiving from the finished work of Jesus Christ. Now, even before we get into the word, the reason why that does not hold is that the person who brought into the earth the revelation of the finished work of Jesus was Apostle Paul. And Apostle Paul there, in his own life, as an example, except he was contradicting his own teaching and revelation, spent a lot of time fasting. In fact, he says, he said in, in some scripture that in fastings often, when he was telling them about the distinction, all right, of his own ministry as an apostle, you can put that up. And he said, you know, he, and to show that it was a fast, he talked about in hunger and in thirst, then he said, in fasting often. In other words, he wasn't talking about just going without food. He said, in weariness and painfulness, in weariness and in painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often. So there's a distinction between hunger and thirst and the fast. The hunger and thirst is, uh, um, thirst is you find yourself in a situation where you have to go without food because of where you are, the pressure, or you are, you are, you are, you, you are imprisoned and all of that. But a fast was a willful, voluntary exercise to abstain from food for a period of time, all right, in order to have quality fellow, qualitative time with God and to enter into deep realms of fellowship with God. And it's in this type of exercise or this exercise that we're beginning to unleash the Spirit of God within us in His uh, power and in His strength. I want to show that. So let's establish this, starting with what Jesus said about a fast. In Matthew chapter 9 and verse 14, 
uh, the disciples of John came to Jesus. And they were concerned, for they said, why do we and the Pharisees fast often? All right? Now, they understood this. Uh, to hold on to the cutting edge in leadership, you fast. Uh, fast often, but your disciples fast not. In other words, every party in town, we see Peter, we see James. Uh, we know how much these guys order. We know when they go to the buffet table, what they pack to themselves. And this is consistent, and we have watched them cl closely and, you know, we've seen that they've never missed a meal. How come they don't fast at all? Now, hear what Jesus said. Jesus said unto them, can the children of the bride chamber mourn? Now, one thing we've got to understand, the word mourn and the word fast are interchangeable in Scripture many a times. And Jesus used the word mourning here. And when he says, blessed are those that mourn, he wasn't talking about blessed are those that don't suffer the loss of something. He was talking about mourning. It's a spiritual exercise. You see this. Uh, can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and they shall. He says, the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. What are those days that after I have died and I've been raised from the dead and I'm taken away from them? Those days when I'm not around, he says, then shall they fast. He didn't say, then they may fast. Then shall they fast. If you talk to a lawyer, he will tell you when you use the word shall. You are saying that this is not conditioned on anything. He says, they shall. He didn't say, they may. They shall fast. And then verse 16, it goes on and says, no man putteth a piece of new cloth onto an old garment for that which is put in to fill it up, taketh from the garment, and the rent is made worse. And then in 17, neither do men pour new wine. Now note that new wine into old bottles, else the bottles break, the new wine runneth out, the bottles perish, but they put new wine into new bottles, and both are preserved. So he talked about new wine being put into new bottles, talking about a fast there connected to that. Now, so let's look at what he said about when he also goes. What else will happen? In John chapter 16 and verse 7, all right, he talked about him being taken away again. He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. He said, for if I go not away, the comforter will not come to you. That's the spirit now of God. But if I depart, I will send him to you. So he talked about the days in which I'm taken away, and he says, in those days there, the comforter will be sent to you. And it also coincides with what he says, in those days, when the comforter comes, you will fast. You shall fast in those days. Connecting fasting there, prayer and fasting, with the ministry of the Holy Spirit, reaping the full benefits of the ministry of the Holy Ghost on the inner side of us. Now let's look at what Jesus now said when he started his ministry. All right, in Luke chapter 4 and verse 20. Now, no, keep that in mind, it's Luke 4, we're going to come back to that. I want to build this line upon line, all right? So when you practice something, you, 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 you are solid on it. And, and you can, you, 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 you're solid and you do it in faith. Now, there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. Now, he went into the synagogue after something, we'll get to that. And when he got into the synagogue, they gave him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, 
he found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel, all right, to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And then he closed the book at that point. So he opened it, read that out, then closed the book. Now, Jesus was intentional about everything. When he closed the book, he was saying, that tells you I'm not going beyond this point. My ministry on the earth, I closed this book. And sat down and said to them, their eyes were fastened on him. And he said unto them, verse 21, began to say, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Now, where did he get the scripture from? Isaiah 61. Where did Jesus stop and why did he stop? If we go to Isaiah 61 and verse 1, it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of prison to them that are bound, uh, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, you must understand that Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and forever. So even where he is now, he's operating this to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. On his earthly ministry, he closed the book at that point and sat down. He did not go. He didn't add the and. He stopped there because that was to come in our own era. And the day of the vengeance of God. Now, God now takes vengeance based on what he has done. Jesus did after he shed his blood. The word vengeance means vindicate me of my rights and privileges there. So you are going and say, I have this right, I have this privilege. And so it says that day is going to come to comfort all that mourn. Now, the Holy Spirit is the comforter. So appoint to them that mourn in Zion. He's talking about fasting in Zion. So give them beautiful ashes. We'll see that the ashes there. It's about, you know, ashes where you go into a fast, sackcloth and ashes, the oil of joy that comes out of mourning. So you come out of the fast with an oil of joy. You come out of the fast with a garment of praise there, all right? Instead of spirit of heaviness, where you pick up things and you are heavy, and that's what takes you into a fast. Jesus said, my soul is sorrowful. It was heavy. He said, sorrowful nigh unto death. And he said, watch and pray, lest you fall into, uh, you'll fall into temptation. Now you come out with the garment of praise there, that you might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And verse 4, it says, and they shall build. So it's now talking about people getting stuff done on the earth. So there's a relationship between the Spirit of God and fasting, all right, that is so clear in the scriptures, leading to the release of unusual events in our lives and the supernatural. All right, so I want to show this here. So let's look at this morning and sackcloth ashes from Scripture. Daniel chapter 10, because the Holy Spirit comforts them that mourn. Daniel 10 and verse 2. Uh, in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. Uh, he wasn't saying, I lost something, I'm regretting. It was, it was in a fast. The word mourning is used to describe fast. All right, the patriarchs. How do we know this? Next verse. I ate no pleasant bread. Neither came flesh nor wine to my mouth. Neither did I anoint myself at all till the three whole weeks were fulfilled. So Daniel went on a 21-day fast there. Esther also called a three-day fast. In Esther chapter 4 and verse 3, 
when Mordecai indicated they should fast, in every province whithersoever the king's commandment and decree came, there was great mourning among the Jews. That means they sensed the danger coming in their direction. And so they entered into a fast, fasting and weeping, wailing, and many lay in sackcloth and in ashes. So the Holy Spirit that comforts those that mourn, right, walks deepest in our lives when we are offering up, interacting there under a fast. Now, I want to show, go on with this here and show some things. So if that is the case, let us now see when the Spirit was therefore poured forth for the first time into the church of Jesus. Uh, were they actually fasting when they were in the upper room? All right? Now we see Acts chapter 2 and verse 13. This gives us a clue. Now after the Spirit was poured forth, others began to mock, saying, these men are full of new wine. And that's what Jesus was saying. You don't put new wine. The outpouring of the Spirit is a type of new wine. He was saying in the natural, you don't put new wine into an old wine skin. And uh, now he said, these people are full of new, new wine. But Peter's standing up, all right, with 11. Remember, he tells us in Ephesians, don't be drunk with wine when it's excess, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. Standing up with, with 11, lifted up his voice and said, Ye men of Judah and all that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken unto my words. For these are not drunken as you suppose, sin is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken of in the book of the prophet Joel. So Peter knew where the experience came from because they were believing for that manifestation. And then he went on and says, It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. In other words, when there's an outpouring of the spirit, the people get an upgrade into the supernatural realm. They get an upgrade into the spirit realm. And he said, this upgrade here, they start prophesying. Your young men shall see visions. Things begin to happen. And your old men shall dream dreams. Now, I say it in other services, but at 2 a.m. yesterday, I woke up. Because I went to visit somebody, and I shook his hand. And we had a conversation. And at the end of the conversation, we walked out, and he said, I'm leaving, and I'm going in that jet. And he entered into the jet, and the jet went up. And the jet dropped right in front of me and exploded. Instantly, I woke up. I told my wife, I said, listen, this particular person is in danger. You see, when you are in a fast, the Lord can supernaturally come and begin. I said, intercession has to be made. It was, I woke up. In fact, when I now said it in the morning, she said, I said, she said, I didn't hear you. I said, then you were asleep. But I woke up and I told her, he said, yes. Right? Okay. So you begin, there is an upgrade. And this is what Christianity is about. And this is why a lot of people are getting, are getting tired of, of, you know, because without that upgrade there, without people operating in the supernatural realm, then it's just like you, you are doing something social or just traditional. You're just going routine here. Now, see this here. It says, it says, and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Then he went on, I was talking about supernatural things. Next verse. And on my servants will I pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show signs, verse 20, show wonders in the heavens, signs. So the outward spirit leads to signs, wonders, tangible manifestations. Now, it tells us afterwards, all right? Now put back verse 17. It says, and 
and shall come to pass in the last days, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. All right, now let's go to Joel. So let's go to Joel where he got it from. Joel chapter 2 verse 28. So he was quoting the scripture. And he says, it shall come to pass afterwards. After what? I want to show this. That I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall dream dreams and see visions. Now, there's law and cause and effect. You can't just have something without something causing it to happen. So what was the condition that would produce that? Now, it tells us in verse 12 what came before this. And therefore also now the Lord, all right, turn ye. Therefore also now said the Lord, turn ye even to me. That's what God compelled them. With all your heart, with fasting and with weeping and mourning. Verse 13, and rend your heart, all right, and not your garment. Turn to the Lord for his gracious. So what was going on was they had called that fast 120 of them. Go show more from scripture. And, they, and that was what brought about the, the release. And the scripture says they were there for 40 days. And the release there of the Holy Spirit rides upon them. So we see that happening. Now let's look again closely at the book of Acts again. Acts chapter 10 from verse 1 to verse 6. I want to trace something about the Holy Ghost. Uh, and somebody said, an, an old minister of God, I heard this almost 20 years ago. He said, we shouldn't call it, it was wrongly titled, the Acts of the Apostles. It's not the Acts of the Apostles, but the Acts of the Holy Ghost. And he's right. Because it is, it, nothing happened until the Holy Spirit was poured forth. And everything happened after the Holy Spirit was poured forth. And every time we had manifestations of the Spirit, it was always preceded by an outpouring of the Spirit. So it was the activity of the Holy Ghost. That's why Jesus said, tarry until you are endued with power from on high. So it's the Holy Ghost in them that was producing it. Now, the reason why that is important, if we call it the Acts of the Apostles, then we say it was the Acts of the Apostles, and because you are not part of the 12 Apostles there, then you can't have this kind of demonstration. But once you understand it's the act of the Holy Spirit, in other words, where there is an outpouring of the Spirit into the hearts of people, this is what the Spirit of God does. And we're saying fasting is key to this. Now, Acts 10.1, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. Now, in Scripture, this was the first Gentile to get filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to show what happened here with fasting. And a devout man, one that feared God with all his house. Now, the two things the Bible says he did, right, were give alms and pray to God always. It did not mention fasting. But we are saying he was fasting. Say, how can you do you know? We'll see it. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming to him saying unto him, Cornelius, uh, when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? And he said unto him, thy prayers, this is what the angel said, and thy arms, he said, now we're fasting, I come up before, come up for a memorial before God. Therefore send for one to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose son name is Peter, and who lodgeth with one Simon Atana, whose house is by the seaside, he shall tell thee what thou ought to do. So he sent his folks to go and meet Peter. And in verse 9, it tells us, so let's look at what was going on in Peter's life too. And on the morrow, that's the next day, as they went on their journey, they drew nigh unto the city. So the minute they started getting close to the city, Peter at that same time, 
we're talking about the operations of the Holy Ghost. It's not the operations of Peter. These are the acts of the Holy Ghost. At that same time, now, this is the kind of thing humanity craves for. At that same time, Peter went up. He didn't know about it. To the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Now, Peter was fasting. How do we know? And he became very hungry and would have eaten. All right? Jesus too was on the 40 days fast and after he hungered. But while they were made ready, he fell into a trance during that time, an open vision. And he saw heaven open and a certain vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and led down into the earth. Verse 12. Wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts, all right, creeping things, fowls of the air. And he says, verse 13, and there came a voice unto him, says, rise, Peter, kill and eat. Verse 14, and Peter said, not so, Lord, for I've never eaten anything that is common. And that's how God started convincing Peter because he knew the Gentiles were coming and he had to convince Peter because that's why he said you can't pour new wine into old bottles. The reason is that the bottle there, the Bible says the world is better. They had been taught, Jesus had told them, that I'm sending you to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Don't enter into the Gentiles. There had to be a shift, and I believe Peter never made this shift. Probably that was why, so it's debatable theological there, that he lost the calling to the Gentiles. Because when they were arguing a thing, he got up and said, Know ye that first God came to me to tell me about the Gentiles. But Peter really could not receive the new. And how do we know this? Because even when Paul started preaching, they went for a meeting in Jerusalem, those guys never got out of the old into the new. When Paul, when the Bible says, when Peter saw some come from James, after the meeting, after they had verbally consented to it, he says, Peter removed himself. So he was still operating in that old mindset. And those who said, look, you can't. And that's why sometimes, you know, we, we get to this praying and fasting helps you to deal with old mindsets that, that might be limiting you from what God wants to do next that is beyond anything that you might have imagined. So if there's an outpouring of the Spirit and your mindset is wrong, it says everything is going to be spilled. All right? So Peter argued with that. Finally, he said, all right, I'm going to agree. And so Peter decided they came to see him. And in verse, in verse 20, they came to him and told him about it. So we get to verse 28, when he now went to Cornelius' house. And here's the clincher. And he said unto them, you know how it is unlawful. That's what Peter was saying. You know it's unlawful for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come to one of another nation. But God had shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. He was struggling with this. Verse 29, therefore came I unto you without gainsaying, as soon as I was sent for, probably he got back into his other apostles and they took that revelation from him and he lost that mandate. All right? And God had to take Paul and say, you can't associate with this old order or else you will not be able to receive the new. That's why in Galatians he said, I did not go to these places. Right? Might have affected Peter here. I ask therefore, for what intent have you sent for me? Now, Cornelius now says, now listen to what Cornelius says here. Remember, the angel said, your arms and your prayers have come. Cornelius said, four days ago, I was what? Fasting. You know, Cornelius now says, I was what? Fasting. Until this hour, and at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing. And he said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard, 
and thy arms are hard in remembrance, which means he had been praying. And he says, look, now that it was in a fire, he said, your prayer has been heard, and arms, all right, your arms have come as a memorial unto God. Now he told him, send for one, Simon Joppa, here. And as Paul, Peter began to preach, the scripture says the Holy Ghost came upon them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Fasting was involved in this. Now let's look at Jesus again. Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Before he went into the temple, what had happened? Jesus being filled, being full of the Holy Ghost. Now the scripture tells us before this, this was where he was baptized with the Holy Ghost by John, and he was full of the Holy Ghost, and returned from Jordan where the baptism occurred. Now the first thing that the Holy Spirit did when he entered into Jesus, think about this, was to lead him into a fast. The first thing the Holy Spirit led Jesus into after the baptism was a fast. And he led him into the wilderness. Verse 2, it says, Being forty days tempted of the devil, and in those days he did not eat, he ate nothing. Now, how many days were the Jews, did they spend in their own wilderness? Forty. The Jews, the Israelites could not get into the promised land. I want to show you what happened. Because God ordained that that 40 days was supposed to be days of fasting. How do you know that? With the scripture Jesus quoted here, in order to answer Satan, when he was hungry, all right, and, and when they were ended, he afterwards were hungered. Next verse, it tells us, the devil also said to him, if thou be the son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. Jesus answered and said, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Where did he get that scripture? Deuteronomy, where God told them, all right, that listen, I fed you with manna, that you might know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Those Israelites reacted and said, my friend, we are not taking this. It's because you can't spread, all right, furnish a table in the wilderness. Can't you give us the onions, the garlics we are eating? Where are the, um, um, the, the chicken and all the good stuff we are eating? And they insisted. And the Bible says while they were eating, they were struck, which means they insisted you must, you must give us food. We are not going to go on this 40-day fast because God was saying, this is the promised land. We can't put new wine into old wineskin. With the mentality of Egypt, you can't get into the promised land. You've got to go into the wilderness. The issue of the wilderness was you've got to enter into a fast to break that particular mindset. And then you will be able to. That's what he was saying. But that's why Jesus also was tempted. They were tempted. Jesus also was tempted there. But Jesus was in a fast during that time, and he overcame, I'm going to come back to this, he overcame the temptations during the fast. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818-600-0082. God bless you.
The Bible tells us in the book of James, he shut the heavens and he opened the heavens with his prayer. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man maketh much power available. And he did that. All right? He was a man of like passion. And the Bible tells us about the effect of his prayer. Now, I want to show that that prayer was said under, all right, it was a prayer of faith that was offered in the fast. Now, and, and, and here is the catch here. I want to show something. That the Word of Faith movement was a powerful revelatory movement there. However, and yes, even this morning, I was still listening to Kenneth Hagin Camp Meeting 1983. Now, and Kenneth Hagin was speaking in Camp Meeting and he said, this is how he said, he said, we have six speakers at this Camp Meeting. He said, I will be speaking, T.L. Osborne will be speaking, Oral Roberts will be speaking, Kenneth Copeland will be speaking, Kenneth Hagin Jr. will be speaking, and Richard Roberts was speaking. He said, in an open vision, I saw the six of us speaking at this meeting, so I invited them. Each one of us will speak each night. He said, I cannot tell you when they will speak, but they will speak each night. I will have to follow. Now, this, we are operating clear with it. Then he said, afternoon sessions, they will also take some. But then he said, then I saw us laying hands on the next generation. He said, for we, all right, were the previous generation that came out of the healing revival. Now, the healing revival was preceded by, in 1946 and 47, by a move that was actually a move of the Spirit in America which had to do with praying and fasting. Now, I've said this before. The reason why that truth was hidden from the body of Christ was simply because it went into excess. It was so bad that by the time it got into Nigeria, people were behaving recklessly with it. They started going into something out of body. They were doing all kinds of things. I walk through fire. I walk on coals. My body won't burn because the Holy Ghost will make money. So the error was so much that people pulled away from it. But the truth was there. So I believe in Nigeria what happened was simple. Was that after people came back from Tulsa and understood the word of faith message, and I'm going to show this here, that Jesus told this. They looked at the move that was already going on in this country. Look, in Wavbeck 2013, go, if you can get it from the library, go and listen to Bishop Edipo. He preached on fasting and prayer. He said, there's no growing ministry in this country that is not a fasting ministry. Then he, he went on and said some things. Then he, he now, so I believe what happened was that when they got to Nigeria, there was already a move of God going on in the Nigeria, which is this mountain express where people will go to the mountain. That was the world the movies. And you stay there fasting and pray with God until you get breakthrough. Then you come down from the mountain and manifestation. So, of course, people are joking about that. But I think some of these few men looked at it and said, there seemed to be something. These men got every result. Took what they saw in praying and fasting there and mixed it with word of faith to produce a system in ministry that is not known in the United States of America. Now, I want to say something here. You know, people were passing around Paula White when she was, she was saying angels from Africa and South America, and people were laughing. Okay? And someone said it to me. I want to say something. When the world and the church are laughing together, something is wrong. Now, if you are laughing as a world person, somebody who is drinking, smoking hemp, is laughing at something, and you two are laughing the same way, Something is wrong. All right? I, I mean, how can the world and the, something is, must be wrong? So I told people, I said, I told somebody, I said, look, my friend, 
those kinds of things, the Bible says you don't cast your pearls before swine or give holy things to dogs. There are, so, there are things you say by inspiration that, that you don't. Even the confessions we make for the church. That's why I said, I ain't doing it on IG Live. I'm not doing it on anything. It has to be TCM members only and mix it up. Because you start saying things prophetically, you can't just do and expose yourself. Now, what she was saying in the spirit really was this. That what, and I'm not, not that I agree with, with uh, the election or the election was rigged. I, I don't, that's another thing. I'm not saying I, because once you come to anything and you call somebody's name, they, they think that you believe everything. You put up a Trump post, you say, you means you are following Trump. You say, no, there's a principle in Trump. Now, I, I've put up a Trump post before, then I put up a Biden post this morning. Somebody, could, this morning sent me a said, I always thought you were balanced and you were fair. Now I didn't know that you are, I said, just check three posts before this. There's a Trump post there. You, you were saying I'm a Trump man. Now there's Biden post. I'm talking about the principle behind what they are doing, not the, that I'm on somebody's side. When Jesus said that, that it's a kingdom divided against itself cannot start, that if Satan cast out Satan, was he supporting the kingdom of Satan? He was telling principle of unity. But once you go into something, everybody starts shouting. All right. So what she was actually saying in the spirit was, look, the problem the church is fighting in this thing, which is this liberal spirit where all this thing is just free, the only parts of the world where they still have these things, those excesses in check, where you can't just come out and be behaving like that, that those societies are still, are still they, they still have it in check. The only two continents on the earth are Africa and South America. I've been in New York before. I was somewhere in a shop, and I said, I was talking to a lady. I said, so well, she was selling things, said Dominican Republic, and some people were passing by behaving like other creatures. I, I whispered to her. I said, I know you are Dominican, have you? South America, yes. I said, Can will you allow this in your country? Ah, say, we'll kill them. <laughs> but I couldn't say it out. I said, In our country, too. <laughs> so I understood what she was saying in the realm of the spirit. All right, it wasn't that she was saying, and obviously, I know probably what she was, she was also saying because, and those two continents go and check it. South America, the move of God in that place, heavy into fasting and prayer, spiritual warfare, deep into it. All right? Africa also deep into it. Problem in those societies, fasting has gone. It's gone. Now, so let's look at Elijah here. 1 Kings 18, verse 41 and 42. Let us look at it here. Now, Elijah said unto Ahab, get thee up, eat and drink, for I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. In other words, there was a sound. He said, something is coming. The abundance of rain, I can hear it. Ahab, you go and eat and drink. I ain't doing that. He said, I'm going to fast over this. I've heard that sound. That sound will never be crystallized if I don't fast. He said, go and eat and drink. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up. In other words, not to eat and drink, but he went to the top of Camel and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. Now, if you don't do this, you might hear a sound. You hear a message and there's a sound in you that something should happen in your life. You have a conviction inside your heart that something should happen. You know that you are capable more than this. You know it. All right? You know it. Somebody here, many years, when we started church, used to sing and lead worship. Somebody came to meet him, one lady, and said, 
wait. He said, listen, listen, come, come. She said this to him. She just said it. Like, she said, why don't you take four months away that you are pregnant with a prophetic worship gift? Do four months of just prayer. He said, this thing takes about concentrated prayer to break it out. He never did it. Never did it. In fact, when we used to do, back then, there was a time this individual was leading worship. Somebody came into the service and, 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 all right, and was worshiping and said to me, are you playing Don Wen? I said, no, didn't you see the person singing? Said, that sounds just like, this, that was the level. Now, so let's see this here. So he said, Ahab went to drink, and Elijah went up top of the camel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face in between his knees. And he said to his servant, go up now and look to the sea. This sound must become clouds. And he went up and looked and said, there's nothing. So you start pushing this thing, nothing. He said, go up again, seven times. The fact that he didn't operate the first time, that's not the issue. You stay there, seven times. And it came to pass on the seventh time, he said, behold, there ariseth a little, all right, cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare the chariot. He said, now. Now, before that, he said, I hear the sound. He didn't tell Ahab, go and prepare the chariots. He said, go and eat and drink. I'm going to do something. When I have done it, and then after he had done it, he said, now, go and prepare. So you can't just say, I'm acting in faith. I'm preparing the chariots without doing the work in the spirit. He said, now, go and prepare the chariots because rain is about to fall. And he said this. Let's look at what he says here. He says, he says get it down that the rain stop thee not. So he had gotten to the place where the sound was converted there. Now, so let's look at this. He said, go and eat and drink. Now, let's see what happens and what we are warned about. First Corinthians, and we'll see this wilderness experience here. First Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 1. Now, we we'll see this here again. Moreover, brethren, I will not that you should be ignorant how, that, how many all our fathers were under the cloud. All passed through the sea. Next verse, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Next verse, all did eat the spiritual meat. Next verse, all did drink same spiritual drink. They drank of the rock that followed them, Christ. All were doing it. All were in church. All were listening. All heard the sound. All did that. But we got to verse 5, but with many of them, God was not pleased. For they were overthrown in the wilderness. Jesus was in the wilderness. He could have been overthrown in the wilderness. But Jesus said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He was, or else he would have been overthrown. That would have been the end of the ministry of Jesus. He wouldn't, he wouldn't even have shown up. Look, my friend, I say this, the most anointed teacher of God's word and the most anointed individual I've ever set my eyes on in this country, I don't know where he is today. He was dripping with anointing. He used to lead a campus fellowship. I went there back to Ibadan, University of Ibadan. I went for a meeting and they said he was doing a meeting. A friend invited me, we were small, like 20. I walked into the meeting, he was dripping. He came to, he just stood. He said, there's a gentleman who stood right in front of me. He said, now, there's something God has for you in this country. He said, this is what I'm doing. He said, this will happen, this will happen. He said, I will stop at this point. The vision is clear. I can see everything you're going to do. But God wants you to use faith to do it. So I don't want to give you knowledge ahead of time. I'm step back. Everybody came to meet me after that time. Hey, man, 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 you're a great man of God, man. All right? And I was looking around, who is he talking about? Who is he talking about? 
All right? Because I just came from Unilag and I entered the place. He was dripping. All right? So, but he got overthrown because he got himself some test and he was overthrown. But with many of them, God was not well pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness. That's what happened to the Israelites, overthrown. Now, I want to show you that the problem was that food. Food. It was, that was the problem. They didn't fast. Say, how do you know? Verse 6, now these things are examples to the intent that we should not lost after evil things as they lost it. Now you go and read it in Psalm 107. It says, while they lost it for those food, when it was in their mouth. What's the next verse here? It says, neither be idolaters as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. In other words, after all the spiritual matter, the one was that we sit down to eat and drink and we play. This Christian experience is just eat, drink, play. Didn't you hear what Paul said? Paul said, if there's no life after death, then we are men most, let us just eat, drink. And he said, that's what he was saying. He said, so all this fasting that we said, I don't need to do that. Fighting with beast fasting. That's what Paul was saying. They had to drink and they, and rose up to play. What was the consequence of the play? Next verse. Now, he says they're idolaters. We say, well, that was idolatry in eating and drinking. Because he says, your belly is your what? God. Paul said, these are people whose belly is their God. There's no way of looking around it. That means the belly. That means we cannot. If you can't control appetite, you can't control any other thing. So the next thing that happened was fornication because they were overthrown. So all this started happening and they fell. One, but the real problem was the idolatry that started it. So they fed on spiritual things, but they engaged spiritual prayer of faith. To be spiritually effective, you have to take out time periodically to be alone with God. Anytime anything is showing up on the radar, before it becomes apparent to people, that's what Mordecai picked up. Before it became apparent to people, he said, deal with this thing. Esther, deal with this thing now. All right? And spend time in prayer, meditation, and worship. A time of being alone with God is a prolonged session. So it can be eight hours, ten hours. And you can do that seven times during this. In the presence of God to obtain answers, words of assurance, guidance, to stay with God until the answer comes. Psalm 28 wants to show you the importance of the answer coming. David said, unto thee will I cry, O Lord my rock. Be not silent unto me. If thou be silent, if thou be silent. He said, many people cry, but if you are silent, I become like them that go down to the pit. What will save me from going down to the pit? What you say, your voice. If thou be silent, if thou, it's not that I cry, but if thou, Speak to me. David said he brought my feet out of the merry clay. He opened my ear. He said something to him. And that's what set him on a rock. So there is a definite matter you want settled or you sent. You have gone around this mountain for too long. As you've gone around the same experience. Christianity is supposed to be a supernatural experience. It's supposed to be that your young men shall. They should, it's an upgrade. It's an upgrade. It's supposed to be, they're supposed to be operating in that next realm. Now, let me close and show you the secret of ministry of Jesus, where all this comes from. All right? Had to be an upgrade. Okay? 40 days there. That's why Moses also. Now, let's see this here. Now, Jesus' ministry, I want to show him separating himself to be alone with God. The key to attracting multitudes. The key to getting these supernatural things done. That was the secret. I want to show you the secret. It was, it was reward of part of this fast because God just showed me this thing. 
Now, look at Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter 14 and verse 23. It says, and when he had sent the multitude away, he went up into a mountain apart. He went, he sent the multitudes away. What did Jesus do? He went to the mountain. This is where they got all that. We're going to the mountain top. He went to the, look. I saw, I was in the airport with an, well, not old school mate. But she, was, she was in my sister's class in primary and secondary school. And she was into oil at that time. And she was talking to somebody else, you know. And in fact, I was shocked. So the guy said, what about that contract? Ah, hey. He said, can't you see how slim I am? He said, I've been on the mountain. I've been on the mountain. This was Christian, and I knew what he was saying. I've been on the mountain. Look, he says, let's put it back. When Jesus sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. Apart. And when evening was come, he was there alone. So he spent the day alone on that mountain. Why there's a mountain? A quiet place where you are alone. Now, Matthew 8, 1. When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. It was after he came down from the mountain. Now, what was going on on that mountain when he was apart to pray? And I will close with this, and it shows you the secret to Jesus' ministry. In 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 18, Peter said, sorry, from verse 16, we have not followed cunningly devised fables. That's, we have not, you know, we're not just cunningly devised fables. All right, which means we're just telling stories. To, to say, ah, and just telling. So that's not what we did. When we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Now, Potter was saying something. He said, we are eyewitnesses of his majesty. That majesty was talking about that they saw wasn't when he was healing public ministry. It was something private. He said, we saw the majesty of Jesus. What did they mean by that? For he received from the Father, God the Father, honor and glory when there came such a voice unto him from excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. This voice which came from heaven, we heard when we were with him on the holy mount. In other words, we got to the holy mount with him and we heard that voice. So these are things that were going on when Jesus was on the mountain alone. Then he said, well, Jesus is no longer around, but this is how you can connect with this. Next verse. But you have a more sure word of prophecy. You will do well to take it as a light that shines in a dark place. All right? Now, that's the sound of the abundance of rain. He says, stay there until the day dawns and the day star rises in your heart, which means stay in that thing until there's the dawning of the day because when there's the dawning of the day, then it begins to walk in your life and the day star rises in your heart. So, what was he saying? Now, Peter was talking about an experience when Jesus, for the first time, told them, I'm going to the mountain, follow me, I want to show you something. Matthew chapter 7. Of chapter 17 and verse 1. Sorry. Matthew 17. After six days, Jesus taketh, or he took, Peter, James, and John, his brother. Three of them, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart. Said, now, since I've been coming down from this mountain and doing all kinds of things, and I'm going soon, follow me to the mountain. Let us see what happens in this mountain. 
and he was transfigured before them. That's what he was saying when we were eyewitness of his majesty. They got there, and Jesus was transfigured. He said, what? You mean this is essentially who you are? He was changed, and the Bible says his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as light. He changed in front of them. Now, remember, the only person that had something like this was Moses. When he came down, not of this order. And the Bible says that if, if, now we don't do this. If, it tells us in 2 Corinthians, if the ministry of condemnation brought about that glory, how much more will the ministry of righteousness bring that glory? But we are not doing what caused it. Because Moses was there 40 days fasting. That's when he was transfigured. He didn't know, but we are not doing that. Now, Jesus, that's the majesty they saw. He was transfigured. His face did shine and sun and raiment was white. How do we know was that? Next verse. And behold, there appeared unto him Moses and Elijah talking with him. Verse 4. And as Peter answered, now nobody sent Peter, but he will always talk and be making his own suggestion. Said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. It is good for us to be here. If thou will, let us make the three tabernacles. Who sent him? One for thee, one for Moses, one for Elijah. But you see, even if you have a crazy guy who always talks when he shouldn't talk, sometimes he provokes revelation. So don't get irritated at him. Because after he finished, next thing, while he yet spake, behold, a bright light, cloud light overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. In other words, God said, hold it, Peter. Moses represented the law. Elijah represented the prophet. Jesus is the order. Forget Moses. Forget Elijah. Jesus, what he says is the order. Hear ye him. And then the next verse. The Bible says, uh, when the disciples heard it, they fell flat and they were so afraid. That voice came. Now, that's what Jesus used to deal with on the mountaintop. Communication. Revelation. At the highest level. Interaction. Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, don't be afraid. Verse 8. And Jesus came and touched them. And, and, and when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man but Jesus. Verse 9. And they came down from the mountain. Jesus charged them. just said, Now, folks, what you just saw here, tell this vision to no man until the Son of Man be risen again from the dead. So I don't want to hear you discussing this, what you saw here. I just showed you this so you know the secret to this issue when it begins to happen. All right? So let's go to verse 12 here. In verse 12, it tells us, when he said this, verse 13, he was telling them about things. Verse 13, and disciples understood that he spoke to them of John the Baptist. Verse 14, it now tells us, and when they were come to the multitude. Now, here he's just coming now to the multitude. After alone. A certain man kneeling down, saying unto him, Lord, have mercy on my son, for his lunatic sovex oftentimes falleth into the fire and oftentimes into the water. Verse 16. I brought him to your disciples, that's without Peter, James, and John, but they could not cure him. Jesus answered, O faithless and perverse generation, how long will I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. Jesus rebuked the devil and departed from him, and the child was cured that very hour. And then the disciples came to Jesus apart and said, Sir, you said come out. We too said come out. Why is it that your come out made the devil come out? Our come out made the man attack us. Why? Why could we? Then Jesus taught word of faith. Of course, Peter, James, and John knew what happened. But they were bound. They couldn't talk. They say, you don't know who you're dealing with. 
Oh boy, <laughs> if you know what we saw on that mountain. <laughs> but they couldn't talk. Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, then he taught word of faith, which we teach. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, remove, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. However, this kind goeth not, except by prayer and fasting. In other words, I am what? Praying and fasting. So when he went on that mountain, he was fasting. That's where those powerful encounters began to happen. And so if you want to have that demonstration, and it's a call, and it's a call you must answer. That's what Mordecai was telling Esther. I said, Esther, hey, you don't understand. This matter, you will be overthrown in the wilderness. It's not a question of you will be overthrown. This thing will never go. He said, listen, he said, this thing, you will destroy you and your father's house. He said, don't think you will be overthrown. He said, to you, you have to go in in this fasting. So you find yourself in it. That's what the patriarchs always did. You call a fast. You enter into it. You deal. All right. With yourself. And you spend time alone. Now, now of course, of course, when you come back, if, 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 let's say, let's say you, you went out suddenly, you came back uh, after 10 hours. You don't start behaving like a spirit in the house. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I can't talk to anybody. I can't, I can't talk to anybody. I'm just from the mountains. Don't start behaving funny. This is why people don't teach these things. And you just practice it. All right? You talk. But when you are there alone, you are there, all right, alone there. With God, they are praying. Okay? Nobody. And you're just there praying and talking to God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. I ask by the power of the Spirit to grant these people every single one of us grace to practice this, that this word will take deep root and bear forth great fruit in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818-600-0082. God bless you.